We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we're just going to do a quick Niners kind of news and rumor roundup. There's a couple of things floating around in the internet right now that we're going to dive into and talk about. Um, Javon Kinlaw on his fifth-year option, that weird Debo Samuel trade rumor thing, we'll we'll talk about that. And and yeah, just make this make this real quick. Little news roundup for you, and uh, on uh, February 21st is when you'll be listening to this, so... Um, shout out to NFL news in late February. And as always, we're brought to you by Cooperage, Cooperage Brewing. You can visit the brewery in Santa Rosa. You can go online to cooperagebrewing.com. You can order a case. If you're over 21 and in the state of California, they'll deliver delicious beer. You can get a case of one beer. You can build your own case. If there's some that several that you like, that's my recommendation because all the beer is very good. If you're like, Kyle, which one do I get? Just try a bunch. Get six different four packs. Live your dream. It's the way to go. Cooper's Brewing, coopersbrewing.com. Let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Okay, so we're at the weird state. Is this the weirdest part of the NFL calendar? I think it is. I mean, it it can be. Like, if you're if you're on, say you like are on TweetDeck and you have a column devoted to 49ers, and then you just As see, I do. and then you just see a bunch of like random rumors pop up that are like unsubstantiated. Then yeah, it can be pretty weird, right? Because a lot of people. There's just a lot of false or just bad information that goes around. And I think a lot of things that that if you read too much into can just gain way too much steam mm-hmm. in relation to the actual veracity behind the idea. And I think the Debo Samuel trade idea certainly falls into this. Like I've been asked about it in other places. Like, are the 49ers really going to trade Debo? Like, 
they can, but they don't have any reason to. <laughs> right. right. They're not trying to push Debo Samuel out the door, bro. <laughs> right. Like they they're not gonna incur like the only time in NFL recent NFL history where teams have taken on massive dead cap numbers is because situations are just completely untenable. And there's right. been zero indication that the, the Debo Samuel situation is untenable. And if the 49ers were to trade him, I have his like if they traded him before June 1st, they have <laughs> 35 million in dead or sorry, 28 million in dead cap and minus 19 million in cap savings, which means there's no there's there's literally no point to trading Debo Samuel from a financial perspective unless it's just completely untenable behind the scenes. And we don't have any indication that that's the case. Right. So right. even down the line. Honestly, like, the opposite. Debo Samuel is out there at the Super Bowl talking about how much he loves Kyle Shanahan. Right, right. It, like everything seems fine. Now, could this turn into a DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead situation in terms of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk? Like, yeah, but we're probably, I mean, we're at least a year away from that. We're at least mm-hmm. a year away from that being being on the table. Like it's not on the table. It's just not. Unless things go really bad. And Debo Samuel requests a trade again, and some bad stuff happens behind the scene. There's no way the 49ers are trading Debo Samuel this offseason for a draft pick. It's just not going to happen. $28 million dead cap to for no reason. Like he's still a very productive player. He's still a core member of their team. Um, it's just not it's not gonna happen. But again, like it could happen down the road. Like if Debo Samuel, put it this way. I would be like semi surprised if Debo Samuel played out the full three years on on this contract. Like I'm I'm looking at in 2025, the 49ers have an out after 2024 going into 2025 mm-hmm. from the from the contract before the last year of the extension, basically. And like right. going into 2025. Do the 49ers want to pay Debo Samuel $24 million, basically, is the question. Or would they rather just save $10 million in cap space? Yeah, and all that will depend, I think, on his availability, how he plays, what the team looks like, just kind of financially. But going into 2023, there was that report from some radio guy in New England that said the Patriots were sniffing around on a Debo Samuel trade. Like, yeah, I'm sure they are. Debo Samuel would be their best player by a lot. But the Niners aren't... There's, I don't know if there's... like, We always talk about like so-and-so is available for two first-round picks. I was like, yeah, that's most players in the NFL are available for that. Right. But given the fact that the Niners would have to eat $28 million if they trade him before June 1, not to mention, forget all the fact that like the Niners don't want to let him go. I don't know if there's a price that the Patriots could put on it that would make it worth it for the Niners. Right. Like to, yeah, to just have that much money going to nobody who's helping you is, yeah, there's, there just isn't, uh, there isn't a lot of sense behind it. No. And so this is one of those things where it's like, Somebody can say this on Twitter and it's completely unsubstantiated and nobody credible is like, quote unquote, reporting it or talking about it. And then it, you know, spreads around like wildfire. And it's like, wait, why are we talking about this? Yeah. (laughs) 
It, ha- yeah, it feels like it happens a lot. I'm sure it probably happens with other fan bases, but I feel like it's it's very prevalent with 49ers Twitter. Yeah, and the reason we're bringing it up on the pod is is a because saw a bunch of people talking about it on the internet. But no, this is one of those things where if you weren't following the right people at first, you weren't even going to see it. And somebody hit me up on Instagram and was like, "Hey, what is this?" <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I got nothing for you. So I just I wanted to get that on the pod. Like they're not trading Debo. That's insane. At least not right now. Not right. We'll, now. See, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like over the next couple of years. But yeah. again, even that, I don't think the Niners are sitting there circling uh, the outside after 2024, right? So yeah. I don't think they're. I don't think they're circling that 2025 off season and going. Can't wait to get rid of Debo. Can't wait to trade him. But if he's just kind of, you know, doing what he did this year, where it's like good, good, good year, but not great, and some team wants to give him a second round pick for him, then that's that's when they'll probably explore that. But I don't think it's going to happen this year or next year. Ultimately, they got to decide, like, do they want to pay $42 million to their starting receivers combined starting in 2024? Right. And at that point, is Brandon Ayuk going to be more of an ascending player while Debo Samuel is maybe descending given his physicality and injury history? Like, Mm -hmm. that's a real discussion. But again, we're a year away from that. And what happens in 2023 is going to go a long way towards determining that. So, like, we don't know yet. We just don't know what that's going to look like. It is a possibility down the line, but it doesn't make any financial sense for them to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, things aren't coming to a head just yet. Like, there isn't really a comparison between this and DeForest Buckner right now. Like, there will be when Brandon Ayuk, if he's, I, I mean, the difference, really, the difference is, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm twisting my brain into knots trying to think about the cap space and like who who else could be up. But like, it's just it, it's tough to it's tough to really spin it forward because we don't really know what it's going to look like. And maybe the cap yep. goes up to the point where they're like, yeah, forty two million dollars for our starting receivers is fine. I just wonder, like, you know, George Kittle's going to be at the back end of his deal by then. Like, are they going to want to mm-hmm. keep are they going to want to keep paying him? Christian McCaffrey's on the books through 2025. Like, how does he factor into that? Does Christian McCaffrey make Debo Samuel more expendable because you have a guy who can do some of the same things, right? So these are all questions that the 49ers have to ask themselves, but the answers aren't going to present themselves until a year from now, at least. Well, yeah, and and on top of everything you just laid out, it depends on what their roster looks like, too. Right. If Danny Gray has not developed and they still think that Juwan Jennings is, you know, at his best kind of doing what he does, where he's not going to take on a bigger role as the wide receiver two next to IU, and they just don't have another player on the roster that they think can fill that out. That's, and these are, again, these are all things that are not going to come up until, you know, a year or two down the line. I just wanted to get it out there and make it really clear that, like, the Debo Samuel trade rumor stuff for this offseason is. A unsubstantiated, but B just like doesn't make any sense. Right. Like of all the players to pick to make that up on, like it just doesn't I don't know. Just doesn't yeah. track. Yeah. Not at all. Um, so something else that came out that I want to chat with you about. Uh, Matt Barrows in the athletics said that uh I don't want to say he reported it. He said that the Niners are unlikely to pick up Javon Kinlaw's fifth year option, and that 
is more just common sense. The fifth year option is a fully guaranteed $11,665,000. So about 12 million fully guaranteed for Javon Kinlaw 2024. Uh, I don't think the Niners are going to want to do that. They have to make that decision by May 1. So that's, that's less like of a discussion to me. Like A, they're not going to pick it up and B, it's just Kinlaw has to play well. And maybe then they'll revisit it after the year if he can play 16 or 17 games and looks good doing it. The one, the one I have, the question I have is kind of what we were just talking about. That's with Brandon Ayuk, whose fifth year option is also coming up. The deadline for it is May 1st. And I would assume they're going to pick up Ayuk's fifth year. It's $14 million. Yeah. And I like Ayuk. I think he's a really good player. But that's where what we were just talking about a wide receiver and value in this offense is is Ayuk the kind of player that you're going to pay 20 plus million a year to if he's going to give you a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a good question. He's eligible for a contract extension starting this offseason. What the 49ers have typically done, and they're doing it with Nick Bosa regarding their first round picks, is they're not going to re-sign somebody or they're not going to extend somebody before they go into the last year of their contract. So we'd be looking at an extension this time next year for Brandon Ayuk ahead of his fifth year option season. Um and again, like after having, you know, 80 touches and over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns this year, if he were to improve on that next year, I think you're looking at a $15 million a year player, 15, 18 million. You know, if he, if he blows up and has 1400 yards and 12 touchdowns, then he's going to be in that mix for 20, 22 million a year. Right. At which point you're like, well, okay, now is Debo Samuel expendable? Um, so yeah, I, I mean that, that depends on what kind of season Brandon Ayuk has. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, quarterback stability and, and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ayuk having, I mean, eight touchdowns feels like, like, did it feel like looking back on the season that Brandon Ayuk had eight touchdowns? Like it almost feels like an afterthought. Like Brandon Ayuk was was as good as he was this year, and I, I maintain that like if Brandon Ayuk was on a team where he had to be the guy getting the most targets, that he would be like a twelve to fourteen hundred yard type guy. I, I'm dude. I'm totally with you. I don't think he would. If you swapped him and Justin Jefferson, I don't think he would be putting up Justin Jefferson numbers necessarily, but I think he wouldn't be that far off. Right. He's really freaking good. Right. And, and that's, yeah, that's he's where, he's probably the more like if you were to make a list of the 49ers most underrated players, I think Brandon Ayuk would probably be way up there. Yeah, at least national. I think I think Niner fans have a good grasp on it, but I think like nationally for sure. Yeah. Nearly it. Like when people always talk about George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, I feel like Ayuk is always kind of the afterthought there. Like, okay, but, let's put it this way. Is he the best fourth option in the NFL? 
Yeah, I would. I would at least I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he is. Without without doing like a deep dive, I think Brandon Ayuk is probably the the top fourth option in the league. There's somebody listening to this right now that's like Dawson Knox. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I I think the other thing with Ayuk is he had two, no two, yeah, two two touchdown games in there. One of them was that loss in Atlanta, so it's kind of inconsequential. The other two touchdown game was the blowout of Arizona in Mexico. Are you saying he doesn't have the clutch gene? No. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk only performs when they're up or down big. That's what I'm saying. No. <laughs> uh, well, his two touchdowns tied that game against Atlanta and then it fell apart. But yeah, I just, I, I kind of think that, um, you know, he had nine for 101 and a touchdown against Vegas, uh, six for 81 and a touchdown against LA. Like there were some really good games in there. They were just kind of, in weird spots, but that's, that's where I have a little bit of a, of a question. It's not, it's not about Ayuk the player and how good he is. I think he's very good, but I just think if, if the Niners wind up deciding that, that, I don't know if Brock Purdy's the guy, if they're like, yep, that's who we're moving forward with. And there's some kind of regression, and and the offense winds up mostly looking like it does with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is it prudent to go pay Brandon Ayuk a bunch of money, or do you try and invest elsewhere? Um, now if I don't, I don't know, man. I think it depends on. Here, here's my, I think here's what I'm trying to say. I feel like Brandon Ayuk's value is going to be contingent on the quarterback play the Niners are getting. Yeah, I, I think it I think it has more to do with what you get from Debo Samuel. Cause like mm. I just I have a hard time seeing them paying both both Debo Samuel. Like I have a hard time like in twenty twenty six, both those guys counting for like forty million plus in salary cap dollars. Right, it's pretty rare that teams are playing paying multiple receivers like top of market money. Especially because it if, seems if like anyone. receiver receiver is so often like the deepest position like in every draft. Mm-hmm. And we we right. these days we constantly talk about receiver being like the deepest position in the NFL. So I'm pretty confident that they're going to try to pay Brandon Ayuk. And I guess that speaks to me being less confident about them paying Debo long term. And like it's, I I can totally understand. Like, there's probably people listening right now that's like, man, that's crazy. Debo's really good, and he is really good. Mm-hmm. But you know, Ezekiel Elliott was really good for a long time, and then yeah. he got paid, and it was like a really burdensome contract, right? Right. So like, at some point, and with Debo, there's. There's a, a true pattern, even going back to college, of like really good season, season marred by injury. Really good season, season mm-hmm. marred by injury. And that happened. You know, that happened again right. this year. He had the all-pro season in, in 2021. And then this year he was still really good, but it wasn't quite the same. And some of that had to do with availability. Yeah. Um, and just the physical brand that he, that he plays with. So unless he like really evolves his game and if i'm debo i'm i'm probably taking a hard look at just evolving my game in the offseason in terms of like all right can i be a better about route runner can i be 
more to this offense than just a guy that you just try to give the ball in space to and just run through everybody's everyone's face, right? Like that's just mm-hmm. just not sustainable. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna play for 12 years in the league doing that. You need to add some nuance, some finesse, for lack of a better term. You need to add some finesse to your game. Right. And when it comes to the decision between paying Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel potentially, like I think that's what you're talking about because Ayuk, like to me, Ayuk is somebody who I could see playing in the league for 10, 12 years. Right. You know, just like his style of play, like he's physical for sure, but he's not, he's not the type of receiver that you're like, man, I'm not sure if he's going to hold up for, for the bulk of his career. Like he's also, Ayuk's played in every game the last two years. And he's also wide open all the time. Yeah. Like he just doesn't. And and I I don't mean that like in a and he's good. He just doesn't. I can't remember the last time I was like, oh shit, Ayuk just took a shot. He just yeah. never seems to get hit super hard. There there was one. There are a couple of plays over the middle, but like I think, gosh, and when was it? But like when when he does take some of those hits, I feel like he just gets right back up. Yeah. Like there was one. I want to say it was a Cowboys game where it was like a slant, and he like took a shot. But just like got right up and like got the first down and did a little like celebrating and, and stuff like that. But like I, I'm more optimistic. Like Debo's ceiling in terms of like what he can be for the 49ers in any given game is probably higher. Right. But in terms of like you're trying to project like which guy's gonna be in the league playing at a high level for the next six to eight years, I think Ayuk is the better bet based solely on his play style. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm with you. I also kind of wonder, just when talking about Debo's value while we're here, I also wonder how much the rushing stuff is going to continue. Because it was demonstrably less effective this year. He still went five and a half yards per carry on the ground. (laughs) But last year, he had the eight rushing touchdowns on 59 carries. He had 21 first downs. This year on 42 carries, he picked up eight first downs and had three touchdowns. Like it just was not as not as uh consistently effective as it was. And I kind of wonder if like we're on the downside of that of that bell curve. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally you just wouldn't have to have Debo Samuel running the ball. Like you remember, so in 2021, he became a running back in large part because of just all the injuries and attrition the 49ers had at running back. Right. This year they had offense going. Yeah, this year they had some of that, but they also had Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they didn't need Debo to do as much of that. And there was like, you could even see it, man. Like just watching the games, whenever Debo lined up in the backfield, linebackers are all yelling like everybody's like all right we got to focus on Debo because he's in the backfield and there's at least an 80 percent chance that he's getting the ball in some capacity here right and I think that's what that might have been part of the issue and like Kyle Shanahan I'm sure would argue against this but it almost feels like having Debo in the backfield you're kind of projecting what you're going to do like Mm -hmm. I feel like there's if you were to go through and again I haven't charted this, but if you're going to go through and chart all the plays where Debo is in the backfield and find the ratio of Debo lining up in the backfield towards with Debo touching the ball, it would be a pretty uh, like almost a one to one ratio. I feel like, yeah, like a pretty high correlation. It was a little different this year, but yeah, I feel like it was different after McCaffrey showed up. Right. And what? Yeah. Yeah. So like, Ideally, you'd have running backs and you wouldn't have to use Debo that way. I I just think like the best version of Debo down the line is sort of what you got from Debo early on in 2021. Like Debo, one thing about 2021, we talk about Debo Samuel being really, really good as a running back and like adding that dimension. He led the league averaging 18.2 yards per catch per reception. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. and some of that speaks to, of course, you know, all the bubble screens. There are a lot of successful bubble screens, but he was also like the Lions game in the season opener. Like he was a deep ball threat and the Bears game. I think that was later that year. Yeah, he had a he had a big a big downfield catch in the Bears game that that uh, ended the 49ers losing streak early in 2021. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yep. Like, I think that version, the Debo that's like both stretching the field and also being a threat, like as a bubble screen and like gadget play guy is more effective than the Debo who's like lining up in the backfield half the time. Right. Yeah. I'm, we haven't talked about Javon Kinlaw at all. <laughs> There's just not, I don't know what to say. I know. He's just not, he hasn't been good. He hasn't, well, okay. He hasn't been available. He's played in 10 Anybody- games the last two years. And when he has been available, he hasn't been very good. I mean, that's that. So they're not going to pick up his fifth year option, which makes sense. Like that just tracks. And if he comes out this year and plays in 17 games and he's really freaking good in 12 of them, then, okay, maybe they try and extend him for a couple of years. But right now he's like a rotational defensive lineman. If that, when he plays. I'm trying so, to do the math. 13... 23. So the Niners have played in 40 games total the last two seasons, including the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. 
and he's missed 23 of them, I think. Yeah, something like that. 2, 13, 10. Yeah, 23. He's missed, including the playoffs. He's missed 23 of 40 games. And when he played in the playoffs this year, he wasn't particularly effective. He hasn't had a sack since the Saints game in November of 2020 at New Orleans. Oh, my God. That was the game that Contavia Street broke all of uh, Drew Brees' ribs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Kent Street. And That's how long be- ago that was. And then became a New Orleans Saint the next offseason. He sure did. And Drew Brees retired. We love the way you hurt Drew Brees. Please accept our money. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. Please do it again. (laughs) No, um, I just... It feels like a swing and a miss. Yeah. I think there are are a few lessons to learn from the Kinlaw thing. Yes. So... Several. I think... And Nick, Nick made this point really as soon as they drafted Kinlaw ESPN's Nick Wagner was like, he said, it's, it's a dangerous game when you just like lose a guy and the guy that they lost obviously was DeForest Buckner, but just drafting a guy just to replace that guy. Right. Like ideally you probably take the best player available and had they not traded back. So ultimately the trading back gave them the ammo to, trade up later in the first round and get Brandon Ayuk. So like that was that was a positive development from this. Mm-hmm. But like they passed on Tristan Wirfs. Right? Like how much would Tristan Wirfs whether that if he would have played guard or tackle or you know whatever I mean, like Trist, Tristan Wirfs all pro offensive lineman is somebody that the 49ers decided not to draft because they wanted Kinlaw. Um, and then you can do that with any pick. So I, I don't you know, I don't want to do that too much, but like it was pretty clear. We talked about it before that draft. We're like, man, Tristan Wirfs is like a 49ers type guy. Like they they would love this dude. Like workout warrior, went to Iowa, football means a lot to him, et cetera, et cetera. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers proved to be right by taking him. And he was an all pro as a rookie. Um, but the point here is like, you know, there were questions about Kinlaw's. You know, I, I think he... I'm trying to say this delicately. I mean, he's proven to have a volatile personality. Right? Mm. Like, and that was that was a question going into the draft. Like, I don't think anybody, given all of the Kinlaw like internet stuff that he inserted himself into, which we talked about at length. I don't think anybody with the 49ers is particularly surprised by that. After mm. all the research they did on him going into the draft. Like there were there were legitimate questions, like, yeah. He's physically gifted as all get out. He's talented as hell, but you know, can can he mature enough to be a productive pro for us? Like that was a question that they had, and that was a bet that they made, and ultimately the same bet that they made with Ruben Foster, albeit completely different circumstances. Right. You know, Kinlaw is not comparable to Foster in terms of what you know, right. Foster getting arrested and and that type of stuff. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there's a there are certain personality traits that the 49ers bet on in both cases that didn't necessarily pan out. Right. And then there's the injury thing. His knee was a, was a substantial issue before the draft. 
and he was taken off a lot of teams boards because of the knee issue. And, you know, the 49ers said after last off season, when he had his surgery that, yeah, this is he's, his knee issues are going to be gone. Like this is, this is going to fix it. He's going to miss the season. That's really unfortunate, but at least now going forward, we know he's going to have a healthy knee and guess what? He doesn't, or at least he didn't. At some point they've got to stop doing that. Like yeah. it's, it's someday. This is now two different front offices that have been like, we can fix him. You can't. Yeah. I promise you can't. Frank Gore was the one. Frank Gore was the exception. Yeah. And he's a mutant. I, I, I just, at some point, you gotta, you gotta do away with it. We can fix this knee. I can't. Yeah. So, okay. like, I don't, is, is Javon Kinlaw locked to make the team? A lock? No. Or is he a lock to be on the team? Like, could they trade him? Like, okay. If the Niners traded Javon Kinlaw this offseason, what oh, do you think? They, fifth. Yeah. Do you think it's a fifth? <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't, it may be. I, I, like, like I said, like a future fifth. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I think, I, <laughs> I think they might. If they traded him right now. Maybe I'm being ambitious. I think right now, if they traded him based on how the NFC Championship game went, you go one of those weird, like, seventh round future pick swaps. Oof, yeah. <laughs> Here's Javon Kinlaw on his seventh. You give us your sixth and call that good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think Javon but, but, Kinlaw has been one of the most disappointing developments for the Niners front office over the last couple of years. It's been mostly positive. Because mm-hmm. a lot of their decisions have been pretty good. And look, I, I don't hate the DeForest Buckner, the process in that being like, well, do we want to, you know, do we want to have DeForest Buckner or do we want to have Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward? Which is kind of the, the way they, the way it's been framed to me was out. That, that was a decision. It was Buckner. It was Buckner by himself or Armstead and Ward. And they elected to have two guys. The, the irony is part of the reason they kept Armstead was like that inside outside versatility. And now he only plays inside. (laughs) Right. But what's kind of wild is the 49ers still had the best defense in the league with Armstead and Ward without Buckner and without Kinlaw (laughs) and without Ward playing his natural position. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So the process in that sense was justified. You'd be like, well, they still had the best, the, the best defense in the league and arguably the best defense or maybe not, you know, the Eagles had the best defensive line in the league, but the Niners had one of the best defensive lines in the league without mm-hmm. Kinlaw or Buckner really contributing. So Crazy. that is a little wild. I, so the my, process, so- I don't flaw the process, but the trade, the, the process for the trade trading away Buckner, certainly justifiable. I don't find that like particularly appalling, but if they did know that they were going to have a quarterback on a rookie contract moving forward beyond that, they probably keep Buckner. Yeah. But- and, but they were paying Jimmy. I think at this point, when you see what Chris Kosurik's done with their defensive line, and you've seen the Kerry Hyders in 2020, and the Arden Keys in 2021, and uh, Hassan Ridgeway was good before he got hurt this year. Charles Omenahu. Charles Omenahu, that's a great one. Jordan Willis. Um, all these random guys. Kevin Givens, undrafted guys, developed really nicely. Like all these guys that you're getting productivity from just on a rotational basis, the 49ers, as long as this group is around, should never pick a defensive tackle in the first round ever again. Like, take that, take that 
unless you are guaranteeing it's going to be Aaron freaking Donald, which you can't do. Like, just take two of them in the third and fourth round and let them be rotational guys. Yeah, I would... I still think defensive line super valuable. Like, I don't have any problem drafting dudes, like, drafting defensive linemen early. Like, I'm not going to go as far as to say because you have, like, I don't think defensive line's a new running back, right? <laughs> but, or, like, uh, or not, Chris Kosarek is a new Bobby Turner. Although, you, yeah, it's certainly a, a compelling tackle, case. Why, why not? Yeah, it's a compelling case. But, like, I would just say if you are drafting that position – don't draft a dude who's got a dege- degenerative knee. Pro tip. Just, yeah, just like 330-pound dudes, super physical, avoid knee issues. He's crazy, like, physically gifted. Javon Kevin. Walking off the bus, he's a dude, he's, he's like behind Trent Williams, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's why that's why when so so to scroll back here for a minute and you talk about him getting traded, that's why I don't think he's going to be traded. Like the Niners, the Niners made this bet on him because they believe there's something there, and he hasn't played enough to to say like yes he is good or no he is not good. He hasn't been awesome when he's played, but there were those flashes like his rookie year it was like holy crap like the pick six against the against the Rams. A player yeah. his size making that play, like that's different. Like that's just a little bit different. So I think I don't think they pick up that fifty year option. Like that's that's crazy to guarantee him twelve million or whatever next year. But let him play out this year. If he winds up not playing or being a rotational guy and you move on, so be it. But I think you gotta see just in case. Like just in case. Because if you trade him to Philly for a seventh and he becomes awesome, like then it's bad. Yeah, I, I don't know why I said Philly. You had just said Philly. You traded me to Jacksonville for a seventh. <laughs> it's just not. I would rather see if you can figure it out than get a late future pick. Like I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think anything with him right now would be found money at this point. And again, like he probably doesn't. I, he doesn't have any trade value. I don't think unless you find a team that's like we really loved him and we think we can rehabilitate him. Trent Balky, dude. Are you calling your shot? <laughs> he did. Trent Paulke loves a good knee injury. He do. He does more than anything. He's like, even, do you think we can? Do you think we can sit this guy for a year? <laughs> even in uh, even in last year's draft, they took a bunch of guys with knee injuries. Jacksonville. God, I've, that was really funny. Prayers out for Trevor Lawrence, man. <laughs> Playoff team on the rise. The fighting Trent Paulkes of Jacksonville for now. Do the Niners play them next year? Yes. (laughs) I was trying to think if they play the entire AFC South, but I don't think they do. No, they don't because they just played them last year. But I think Jacksonville's the random AFC game. 2023 49ers opponents. I believe it's in Jacksonville. Yes, at Jacksonville. Slash Eagles, London. Commanders, Browns, Steelers, Vikings, Jags to so their road games. Could be a London game. I'm gonna go international two years in a row. It'd be brutal. 
Although if it's in London, your boy might go. Oh yeah, yeah. Love that for you. It'd be yeah, I'd be okay with that. Tough, uh, tough non NFC West road trips, but or uh, uh, yeah, road trips this year. By the way, get Philly tough in terms of what Philly, good city. Crowd is apparently crazy. So okay, cool. Washington, D.C. in general, fantastic. Worst stadium in the NFL. Then Cleveland, which, eh. Pittsburgh, fine. I've heard great things about uh, about a Creasure Stadium. Uh, you said what now? <laughs> Apparently, Heinz Field is now called a, a Creasure Stadium. A-C-R-I- oh, Acrisure. Acrisure. Sure. Yeah, but still, it's Pittsburgh. Like, okay, fine. Like, I don't, I've, I'm neutral on my feelings about Pittsburgh, but then Minneapolis. Okay. Depending on the time of year, Minneapolis, nice. And then Jacksonville. Yeah. I think the Niners are going to play in Europe next year. That's just my call. They haven't gone there since 2013. They just went to Mexico. Right. Mexico is not Europe. Breaking. Get out. What? All right. Me and, if, me and everybody had this bit for a long time that Monte Ginobili was from Europe. And that's why they called it the Euro step. <laughs> and he's Argentinian. It's a joke. Here we go. Yeah. That's Anyways. Good. I like that. All right. Let's get out of here. At Jacksonville, Minnesota. I'm trying to think where Philly. Oh, they could do like the back to back on the road with Philly, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, D.C. Just go four road games in a row. No, no, no. I'm just looking at <laughs> like the games where they might be, you know, staying in the Greenbrier, Youngstown, or I think they open the season Sunday night at Philly. Oh, interesting. Just get that NFC Championship game rematch, get it in prime time, and then the Niners can play in Washington or whatever and do their Greenbrier stay and knock out two of their East Coast trips. Nate Sudfeld starting at quarterback. Pass. I pass. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Yes, please. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. We will talk to you guys later in the week. Yeah, do all that stuff. Drink Cooperage. Of course. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com